0: Hi, Steve Arterburn here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode.
1: Well, hello, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us. And today on the program, we have Chris Williams and Dr. Sherry Keffer answering your calls for the next hour or so. Uh, You know, Sherry's book, Intimate Deception, Healing the Wounds of Sexual Betrayal, has helped so many people, not just women, men too, because we begin to understand the wounds of Um, that come from betrayal of all kinds. But Sherry, you got something else that you want to share with us today?
2: Well, yeah, and uh, it kind of ties into that. I mean, the title of my book is Intimate Deception. And here we are, right, in the month of February. And of course, because Valentine's Day is in the center of that, um, we are looking and thinking about love. Some of us feel anxiety about it. Others of us feel downcast and heartbroken and and there's all kinds of stuff in between. But I was looking at a, um, Magazine that was talking about longevity, partnership, and commitment. And what are things that couples who've been married for 50-plus years would say about relationships? And it was interesting. Many of them said they had premarital counseling. So I want to give a shout-out for that because I think sometimes mm. – couples today don't think you really need it but they were saying how helpful that was to talk about stuff ahead of time Um, they were talking about decreasing expectations learning how to love somebody um, and accept who they are um, and befriending them like make sure you like them and not just love them and these are people that were married for decades but when I thought about this idea of accepting them who they are there's some things in relationships that are not acceptable and intimate deception is one of them uh, there's some research and it's another Brown not Becky Brown it's AP <laughs> Brown uh, who did some research in 2015 and this is what they found and they found this with 1630 couples so anytime you look at 1630 couples it's gonna it's a good study right but they were looking at the impact on porn pornography and aggression and what they found is that pornography caused pornography use caused increased aggression with females mm-hmm. they also saw that it caused Im- increased aggression with males and looking at pornography caused decreased Uh, amount of relational connection and attachment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now we might all be sitting here going no duh i mean how many times have we heard steve say you know guys are angry when they're using porn but this is this is the facts behind it but this is my big aha i think as a betrayed partner it's easier to say that my husband is angry maybe even abusive maybe even a narcissist and put those labels on him to explain away his bad behavior but this is what breaks my heart is oftentimes the woman behind that behavior is not thinking about pornography as the mm. cause because somebody being angry with them and mean mm-hmm. is acceptable mm-hmm. but if my husband's looking mm. at porn then the shame gets attached to me and That's so That's
3: really insightful. I don't want to That's look. really good. Yeah.
2: So I send women on truth-seeking missions. When those kind of behaviors that could easily be called abuse, Mm -hmm. I say, you know what? I want you to go deeper. Go on a truth-seeking mission. See if there's some kind of sexual acting out that's going on. Because oftentimes, that's what is underneath the acting out.
3: Well, and real quickly, to crack the code, what's behind that? Behind that is pornography is a medication for emotions and emotional experiences. And so if if a person is angry, they go to pornography, but their anger is never resolved. And they're never fully fulfilled. And so all it does is feed more anger at the end of the day. Wow. So they become more emotionally out of control.
1: And if that's you, we can help you. We'll be back after this break. Thanks, Sherry.
4: To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. I'm Steve Arterburn with a New Life Moment. Four inmates at
5: the Greenville, Mississippi City Jail were caught breaking back into their cells. And according to the district attorney, it is entirely possible this wasn't the first time they've done this. The four apparently found a way for repeated access to the outside world. Yet according to police chief Marvin Miner, they didn't seem interested in escaping, they just missed their amenities of life and went back to get them this particular time they returned to jail carrying a load of gin and marijuana ironically these willing prisoners now face felony escape charges sometimes reality is stranger than fiction how many of us have resolved to spend our days in prisons of our own making prisons were able to escape through personal change but won't because the prison provides us a semblance of security for some tips on how to leave your prison bars behind, visit NewLife.com. I'm Stephen Arterburn, and thanks for listening to this New Life Moment.
1: Well, as usual, Steve's wisdom is so profound, and you think about the people that we serve on a daily basis that are stuck in prisons of their own making. Yeah. And, you mm-hmm. know, I've said before, people stay in hell because they recognize the street names. It's it's what's comfortable, mm-hmm. it's what's familiar, and it takes a risk, and you experience loss when you start to move towards change and towards freedom we help people every day with a recovery process with making different choices and like you said sherry a truth-seeking mission to get to the truth about your life it's really a revelation that will change everything and for the good for the good well right now we're going to go back to the calls uh 1-800-229-3000 is how people are getting a hold of us and you can too we're going to talk with john who's calling us from alaska listens on the app you can listen on the app. You can download it wherever you get it. Thanks for holding on, John. And how can we help you today?
6: Yeah, my question today is um, my wife is, is really struggling with trauma um, over sexual betrayal. And I'm kind of at the end of uh, my rope. And I'm considering going to the amon Clinic, but I'm um, not 100% certain if flying out of state would be good for that. I'm, uh, really the last year or so have been really struggling with, uh, suicidal thoughts, suicidal idealization. Um, I'm just really struggling with, um, particularly, um, I've, I've been in counseling for, with two counselors for the last, um, 12 months. Uh, both of them are very familiar with every man's battle and, uh, work in that, Realm, um, twenty six years married. Um, I've had um, multiple failures of porn over that twenty six years. Like um, my full disclosure is is just been finished here in the last uh, week, and um, I have about less than ten failures to porn. But it's just extremely devastating to my wife. There's been no affairs, no infidelities. Um, my wife and I have been separated since April of 23, and I've been living uh, in a separate shop. Um, so I've had 12-plus months of, of not having any acting-out behaviors, but um, my acting-in behaviors have been uh, probably as destructive um, with my wife. I'm on Zoloft, for what it's worth. Um, and. I'm, I guess my, my biggest issues are struggling with the isolation. Um, for 10 months or so, I really tried to honor all the boundaries that she had, but they're like to a point of having no existence other than going to work and going home and then being isolated in, um, my garage. And so over time, it's just, not sustainable and i don't know right um how to i want to connect with people i want to go to places we don't go to church i can't go out to eat i can't go to a coffee shop um go to a store and in the last few months i've just said i'm not going to do any of that stuff so we've kind of we've not even talked
1: since november um and well john you're in a i want i mean you're in a really you're in a really difficult place and I can hear, and especially because you haven't been with somebody, it's just it's very painful. Chris, let's start with you. How can we help John in this crucial time?
3: Oh well, John, I first off, for you and your wife, I am so, so sorry. There is so much fear, so much pain, so much confusion. And it's making both of your lives much smaller. And obviously and reasonably, she wants boundaries and protection around her heart. That includes, obviously, your behavior. Uh, But it does sound like trauma is running the show instead of recovery running the show. Because those are two very, very different recovery processes, if I can confuse the two. Trauma will lock down into greater and greater isolation, greater and greater control, greater and greater fear. Whereas recovery does have very clear and strong boundaries. And so glad that, that you are engaged in the process, that you did engage in a full disclosure. But it includes engaging in healthy, supportive activities, like one of those activities would be a 12-step support group or continuing with um, uh, the, the victory groups from Everyman Battle. Some of that would include looking at a lot of the pain behind the behavior, meaning like what, what am I carrying from the childhood that's painful? And then how do we engage in healthier relationship. And so I just want to put those two things out there that we want to then start looking at what does recovery-based recovery look like and what does trauma-based recovery look, look like or if trauma is governing the, the process. And, and I think that Sherry can also help you tremendously with kind of a deeper understanding and care for what your wife's experience is.
2: So my heart breaks for you, honestly. Um, I'm having three conversations in my head right now because I want to go three different directions. But let me just start with the first one is a little bit more about you. Do you have, um, growing up, is there any abandonment? Was there abandonment in your background? Somebody who left?
6: Well, no, not left. I just was kind of raised myself, I guess.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, that is abandonment. Really, it's emotional abandonment, meaning you weren't seen, you felt excruciatingly alone. Did you have two parents there? They just were, I'm not saying just, but busy, um, doing whatever they were doing, disconnected. They were disconnected?
6: Uh, From, yeah, I would say emotionally disconnected for
2: sure. Okay. You know what is happening right now, I think, in your heart? Is it feels, there's a replication going on. Having grown up for all those years and feeling emotionally disconnected, banished, invisible, the process that you guys are in right now I think it's replicating those years of feelings, maybe even decades of feelings of not being seen or not belonging. And so it's making you, uh, it's like putting your heart in a vice grip. And when someone is having suicidal ideations, my brother sadly uh, took his life three years ago he 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 committed suicide he felt trapped mm-hmm. in the situation that he was in and so i i want to care for your heart in that because we want to make sure that you 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 have a path out i think what's happening sadly with you and your wife is you're not grieving together mm mm-hmm. mhm what happened in the sexual betrayal is devastating. And I see this a lot is couples kind of get individually on their own track, but there isn't anything to bring them back together to help so you- them grieve the relationship that they thought they had. Mm-hmm. It's a death I yeah, don't want I don't want I'm, you to die. We we mm-hmm. the idea that the relationship isn't who she thought you were. That that's grief. But couples can get individually stuck in their own trajectory and not grieve together who their relationship was so they can start over again and rebuild. And is anybody in that? Is anybody channeling you guys? Back together again,'
6: We're, yeah, so I would say that my acting in behavior in the last while has been extreme, like I'm very angry, very frustrated,
7: okay um,
6: i I have these you know we have this texting conversations that last for hours on end that are the same things related to me being isolated and being alone and not. Really being able to go do anything and no end in sight, and I just get
2: so I mean, I, I'm, I'm
6: harsh. I'm, I'm I I'm get
2: like, it, I
6: can't I, handle the I, isolation. I,
2: I, I get it, like, and I love your honesty. I love it. You know why? Because it's connecting the dots, mm-hmm. it's a re, it's a trauma replication. Your anger is not only towards your wife who you betrayed, your anger is towards your parents who didn't see you. And this feels so similar.
3: Well, and to add on to that is that, John, one of the things that we do, especially in abandonment trauma, we do it in betrayal trauma, is that we take the actions of other people, the painful actions of other people, and we make it about ourselves. So when you say acting in, I'm, my heart is breaking. That tells me that shame inside of you is on fire. And that will lead to greater isolation, and that will lead to greater relational disconnection and discord. And so the relationship that I really... I mean, if you were in my office, we'd be working on one relationship, and it'll happen to be the Mount Everest of your life, and it will be John's relationship to John. It is profoundly broken. It is profoundly conflicted. The level of which you do not like yourself is going to be highlighted by anyone else's hint of reflection of what that may be in you. And, and, and so inside of you, this war that is going on, I would love for you to be in a place that you can reckon, start to reconcile that. And quite honestly, down the road, I hope that you really, really like and enjoy and are really comfortable with this guy named John. That you really want to be around him much more, but there's a lot of work to get there, man.
1: John, let me ask you this: yeah, um, it, Have you, John? Did you say that you had gone to Every Man's Battle?
6: No, ma'am. I would. That's another thing that just grieves me. As I listen, I listen to you guys' programs all the time, and I listen to the Every Man's Battle podcasts and all of your programming. Got a number of your books, um, but no, I. Me going to an everyman's battle, I would love to. Me going to okay. an, a marriage, I would love to, but I can't. I can't even go to a gas station.
2: Because right? why? I mean, like, because why?
6: Because of the boundaries. The boundaries are... are.
2: But, yeah, you, the but you're I mean, not... I
6: was told if I go to work training, you know, out of state, that, that we're done. And so... I got out of that last year, but I can't do it this year. So everything's just a complete mess.
2: So let me tell you what can be happening on your precious wife's end. I, I know. I've I I work-
6: I ruined her life.
2: No, no, no. Hear me. Hear me. The porn is what harmed her. The acting out that you did is what harmed her. The lies is what harmed her. But what's happened is partners can heal broken. I did, John. I healed broken. And I feel like when I see partners where the boundaries that they're putting are really about, I need to feel safe. But they get it backwards. Boundaries are not about controlling others. It's about what I need to feel safe. And she's struggling with feeling safe. And I do trauma work all the time with betrayed partners who learn how to find that so they can let go.
4: We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back. As we are talking to John, it's it's heartbreaking when um, this situation arises and we hear it uh, from time to time. We believe that the goal is to just live in this shrink-wrapped life. And never, ever get into trouble again. But that's not sustainable. And it doesn't bring the couple back together. And so what we do through Every Man's Battle, through Restore, through Intimacy and Marriage, we help couples, whether they stay together or not, get to whole and healthy living. And, John, one of the challenges that you have right now is the isolation. I want to encourage you to go to Every Man's Battle. We're going to get you connected with the information you're going to have to ask your therapist to help your wife understand what the process is there and and you know what, even for that matter, you could invite her to come to intimacy and in marriage if that would be something that she would feel safer with, but it we can't stay stuck you know before. Um, we get healing. And And that's really the part. Could we send
2: um, him a copy of my book, Intimate Susception, Healing the Wounds of Sexual Betrayal, because so many partners I work with get stuck in the Mm -hmm. trauma and they heal broken, but you don't have to heal broken. Mm -hmm. I want to do EMDR with her right now. I'm like wanting to go in and do some trauma work, but give her, if you can send my book, maybe that will help to guide her into a path of hope she can heal. We,
1: we will do that. Thank you, Sherry. And John, we'll be praying for you. Please stay in touch with us. And uh, we, we know that there is hope and there is a future for you. And we're going to be um, waiting to hear back from you. We uh, hope to see you at Every Man's Battle. We are going to talk with um, Herb, who's calling us from Toronto, Canada, listens on SiriusXM. We're so glad you called. Herb, how can we help you today?
8: Yeah, I'd uh, maybe like to get some help with how to better relate to my wife.
1: Okay. Tell us a little bit about the challenge that you have. Well,
8: I, I can't say anything to her that contradicts her that she doesn't like, even if it seems harmless to me at the time, without her blowing up. And it turned it into a great big fight.
1: Okay. So uh, how lo- I want to ask you this. How long have you guys been married?
8: Uh, in August, it will be 40, 48 years.
1: That's awesome. And how long has this pattern been uh, in your marriage? Oh, <laughs>
8: Almost from the very beginning. Uh, I was thinking the first uh, couple of years we were married, we had a friend living with us that we both knew and grew up with, and uh, at one point after one of these uh, blow-ups, she said to us, you guys sure fight funny. So one thing that maybe uh, plays into this whole thing is we are both
1: firstborns. Okay. Well, Herb, let's see how we can help you and your wife get past the argumentative stage that has stuck around for 48 years. Sherry, do you want to start?
2: Well, first off, um, I'm sorry. I imagine you feel uh, like you've been living with some barbs, barbs in your skin, in your hide, in your body, in your back, in your heart for years.
8: Um, yeah, there's some some nasty things that she's accused me of, and a lot of the things she accused me of, I, I don't see any truth in them at all.
2: So what has she For accused things? you of? Just give me give me the well, one what, she says one the most.
8: The, one of the more recent ones is, she, you're full of demons. Okay. And, and she, she claims that there's been four other people. She said that, that the Lord showed her that, and that there were four other people that confirmed it. And uh, I I can't see I can't see it at all really.
2: Well, uh, let me ask you, because that probably is uh, beyond harmful that she said that. That's that's a projection, right? It's a projection. And so I think the first place I'm wondering about, since it goes back forty six years. Uh, 46 out of the 48, is it makes me wonder about the chaos that she grew up in. Because it wasn't something that you saw when you were dating, right?
8: Uh, no, but now that you mentioned that, um, there's one thing that her, her mother was a very committed Christian, and her father wasn't. And I know that there was some uh, that that caused some problems in their relationship.
2: But, like, what's the worst thing you know about that happened growing up to her? How did she get harmed?
8: That I'm not sure of. I've, I've kind of questioned whether he, you know, did something sexually to her or, Yeah. or or... You know, something else but, but I have no I have no uh, indication or proof of that
2: but she's not talked about it she's kind of kept kept her childhood pretty pretty uh she's kept that from you
8: yeah now she one thing she did mention at one point was that she had as a as a young child like maybe eight or ten years old started masturbating
2: yeah so that's not. That's that's a cry for comfort. It's either a cry for comfort or it's evidence that she was molested.
1: Um, Herb, you can hear the music. Hold that thought, Sherry. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. It's heartbreaking when this has been part of your lifetime. And we want to see if there can be healing. You know, there's always hope. But there's a lot of work that goes into some of those situations where we're looking for hope. And uh, we want that for you. We'll be back after this break.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope, and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
4: glad you joined us for new life live to be a part of the program call one 800 229 now back to new life live
1: welcome back we're so grateful for club new life members that help us uh, do so much they give on a monthly basis, and you can be part of that club new life family as well uh, just call us 1-800 new life or go to newlife.com We're talking with Herb, who's had a lifelong marriage that has been very painful and lots of communication challenges. Um, Herb, we're going to hear from Chris. Chris, go ahead.
3: Well, Herb, a couple things is that one of the most frustrating things that we can experience as human beings is our inability to change another person. And she's shown you who she is over the last 48 years, and unfortunately, you have to believe her. However... There, I think inside of you, there is a, both a pleaser and an avoider. And a pleaser is like, man, if I can just get her okay or happy or happy with me, then I can take the heat off. The other thing is, I just don't want the heat, so I'm getting out. But what's never addressed is the fire. And the, and the fire is, I'll, I'll say there's one particular fire that's going on, and it's called spiritual abuse. The spiritual abuse is, I'm going to leverage my unique spiritual knowledge against you. Like, for instance, you have four demons inside of you, or you're full of demons, and there's four people that can collaborate with you. Well, you know, there's so many holes in that story. One, I don't experience that from you right now at all. And the second part of it is that, why is she with you if you're full of demons? It doesn't make any sense. And so we can start to assess, man, there is something, and and that accusation is really strong, but I want you to recognize inside of you, Herb, I I mentioned this, I I think, in a previous show, the the wisdom of the shark tank, and that is the sharks have this line, and for those reasons, I'm out, but we got to be clear about the reasons, and the reasons don't have to be I'm out of the marriage, but I'm out of this behavior, I'm out of this pattern, I'm not participating anymore in things that are either harmful to me or harmful to you. And then I'm going to need boundaries around this dangerous behavior and then the really hard part. And then I'm going to have to let you figure out what it means for you.
2: I want to mention something that just came up. Um, I was talking with a psychiatrist one time about um, somebody I was seeing in my practice. This was a number of years ago. And this is what the psychiatrist said. If somebody has had significant pain in their past and they've not dealt with that, mm-hmm. and then into the present is leaking projections that feel like terror, mm-hmm. paranoid ideations, uh, like mental health issues. She said that the tra- untreated trauma the anxiety can grow so great that it actually becomes more of a paranoid ideation. Yeah. A paranoid thought. A paranoid projection that she's putting on people, but it's really a mental health yes. issue. Yeah. It's that her brain isn't well and it's just starting to leak in the present. So I I really I don't know how you're gonna do it her, but I just think your wife would do well to be evaluated because I think she's trying to find power in her paranoid story, but I think she's really struggling with some mental health issues that not have not been dealt with.
3: And I think if you guys can, if there's a way to get to our intimacy and in marriage weekend, then that would be incredibly helpful. Yes. And it's coming well, right up in, in Orange County. So. Uh, Those things, I think, are a way forward. And again, I want to encourage you, Herb, in dangerous behavior to learn and grow in boundaries around that that protects your heart and your well-being.
1: Yes, I agree. We will send you a copy of How We Love and um, also give you information about intimacy and marriage. And, you know, Herb, one just instruction, a little piece of instruction. It's not for you to tell her that she has mental illness. Yeah. or that she may be struggling with that because that could cause a lot of problems. It would be better in concert with a counselor or, and in therapy, um, you know, because it could be a real thing. But we're we're grateful that you called, and we hope that that's helpful. Um, and we'll get you connected with a therapist if you need one. Um, it's challenging up in Canada, but we, we could find somebody. We're gonna go back to the calls, and we are going to talk with Nate, who's calling us from kearney nebraska listen sign station k j l t Hello Nate thanks for calling. How can we help you today?
9: hi um I've got a situation I need some help with. Um, me and my girlfriend of four years have she has a sixteen year old son, and the other day he came home said he was sick and so He didn't go to do a sport, and he didn't go to work. And then a couple hours later, his girlfriend showed up. And I'm having a hard time um, dealing, I guess, with this, because I'm not sure, because I don't think that it's okay that she came over, he has other responsibilities he should have been taken care of, and if he can't do those, then he shouldn't be able to see her. And my girlfriend has um she doesn't see the issue with it at all. And so I'm just struggling, I guess, to find common ground
3: um to try to figure this out. Hey Nate, can I ask a kind of a brutal question? Sure. Hey, what's inside of you that thinks it's okay to be dating a girl for 4 years and not be married?
9: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I've got everybody.
3: Okay. The
9: same thing.
3: <laughs> okay. So I'm not. Uh, I'm glad you're laughing about that, man, because it it tells me that you're you're open to this feedback. Listen, I get it. The other people, especially teenagers, are behaving in ways that we don't agree with, and they're pretty stubborn about that. But here's here's the direction I want you to take in this particular thing, because maybe it's a relational issue that your wife accepts certain behaviors and that that you don't that you think are unsavory or unacceptable. And, well, welcome to relationship, of course. But I think, especially for 16-year-old boys, especially ones that aren't are biological, but even those that are due, they're watching, they're paying attention, they're taking notes. Not literal, but they are definitely taking mental notes. And they're taking cues from the men around them on what they're doing on what adulthood looks like in the lives of the adults. And so the approach that I would take in this particular situation is use it as a, as a, as a kind but strong and healthy mirror towards yourself. Hmm. This guy is reflecting, this, this boy is reflecting things in me that I don't like about me, so it's time to go to work on me. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Because yeah, I mean, I I, I I love that you're involved in this and you care about this kid. But well, I th- but
1: I have a question about that though, Chris. You yeah. you asked Nate and uh, Nate, uh, what is the answer to the question um, why you all haven't decided to be a family like that? I mean, there's it's just it's complicated because <laughs> Chris, you even referred to his girlfriend as his wife.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, and
1: further, yeah, and so Nate, just what's that about?
9: I guess it's been several of these little things, and it's probably just me. (laughs) I probably just need to, you know, do what needs, you know, the the right thing, and go go ahead and get married. But there just seems to be a lot of these little things all the time, and like with this, it's been an ongoing thing with our parenting. The way we parent doesn't isn't in line, and when we have our fight, that's most of the time what it's honestly about mm-hmm. is things like this. And like I said, he's not my biological child, so and I've been she doesn't allow me to interfere with that, which is if she you know she wants to do it, that's fine. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of button heads on on mm-hmm. stuff like this.
3: Yeah,
2: but do you I mean, see how? you all this isn't going to go away even if you marry her you're still going to have yes. this tension around what to do with her son and her passivity versus you yeah. wanting to take more of an active role and but being told not to like i i'm i'm kind of with you in the sense that i mean you kind of know why he called out sick i mean are you mm-hmm. thinking They already had a plan. He called out sick. The plan was she was going to come over. And are you concerned that they're sexually active?
9: I, yes. Okay. I I can't for 100% say that they are, but he has been prior to this.
2: Right. So there's that going on where you're concerned about them having sex in the house where your girlfriend is and feeling like, wait a second. (gasps) What's going on here? And I appreciate what Chris said, right? Because you guys are modeling that. You guys are having sex, right? Yeah. So there's a double standard here for that young boy. But there's a couple things going on. There's a double standard. And there's also you trying to be a realist and going, do I really want to be in a long-term marriage with somebody when we're going to struggle coming out of the start gate of parenting.
1: That's right. Well, Nate, hold on. We'll give you some direction after this. We're glad you called. We'll be right back.
4: To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live.
1: Welcome back. We are talking with Nate, who, um, you know, is just having a challenge with a teenager in the house. Imagine that. I mean, you know, but to complicate things a little bit, you know, Nate, this ongoing relationship with your girlfriend where you're not quite sure if you're going to be married, and I'm with Sherry on this 100%. Don't get married just to resolve this issue. Because here's the thing the 16 year old is just a trigger to a greater relational problem that you are experiencing and so while I would love to give you you know the one two three of how to make a 16 year old behave um, when your girlfriend isn't in alignment with you it's not that simple Um, you know that or you know I'm sure you know that already I, I think that the challenge here is like what Sherry pointed out what you guys are doing is what you're asking him not to do as well as just the confusion that's in the household of who's in charge and so it's it's i know that that sounds kind of circular in um thinking and i know that you were hoping that we would say hey you're in charge and you get to tell the 16 year old not to do what he's doing but that's not what is reality and so i think that there's some relationship uh, connection and correction that can happen between you and your girlfriend which may or may not lead to marriage, but it will lead to clarity, and I think it's time for that. Uh, Chris or Sherry, do you have anything else that you want no, to add?
3: No, I just that? want to re—I just want to affirm that uh, Becky is that the issue isn't with the son, and, and Nate, you said this as well. The r- issue is the relationship. You're four years in, you've been sexually active. You as a couple need to decide. Is this going somewhere or is it not? Are we going to get married? Do we need boundaries around that? Again, what are we modeling? And if not, what's that mean? Because any other issue is subservient to that one. That's the one that's got to be addressed first.
2: Or you could really just blow the top off of this, Nate, and you could say to your girlfriend, you know what? This woke me up. I'm not going to have sex with you anymore, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about that. You and I, I like to talk about that with your son and model for him, apologize mm-hmm. for the confusion and the hypocrisy and model for him what real relationship can look like and mm-hmm. challenge him to to not have sex. Like do it with him mm-hmm. instead
1: of telling him what to do. That's a whole That's very radical thing. Yep. Yeah, I know. Imagine that. We're going to send you a copy of How We Love, which I think can also help uh, clarify some of that. And uh, we look forward to hearing some uh, news later. You know, whether it's your stay together or not, you know, I just want clarity for you guys and uh, for this young man to have a a good example ahead of him. We're going to go to our final caller. Uh, We're going to talk with Margie, who listens from KFIA in Vallejo, California. How you doing, Margie? Thanks for waiting. How can we help you today?
7: Yeah, thank you for um listening. Basically, um I wanna to find out if uh you all think it's it was a good boundary that I said. I, I think it was. I set a boundary um with my husband's buddy. We're we're all good friends, you know, there's there's couples and we, we we're really good friends with them, but something that happened a couple of weeks ago They, the um, my husband and his buddy the, and some of the guys they always they have a habit of when they're together and sometimes when they're with us they have this thing you know this this man thing about putting each other down and saying oh it's funny that we like that we, we're just joking and we put you know they do the one uh, what do you call it one up man thing all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. okay so this particular day I felt that the one friend went over the boundary because uh, he, he talked about my husband's uh, drinking days and that was funny. And, you know, he was trying to, um, you know, say something funny, put him down, but I didn't, but I got triggered because those, my husband's been sober for 23 years and those drinking days were very painful mm. and caused us to be separated. So, so it triggered me. And so the next day I called him cause I, you know, I, I, I told him I, I want to keep, I, I I admire our friendship. I love our friendship. I said, but this one thing that I want to ask you to do is, you know, uh is to not bring up those drinking days when I'm around. And I said, I know you guys have fun and you say it's fun to put each other down. And I'm not saying, telling you not to do that when you guys are with each other. It's just when I'm around, if you could hold off on, on putting my husband down and especially the way you did it with his drinking days. And, and um, I haven't talked to my, to my, to our friend, you know, we've been t- kind of playing phone tag, but I know he, I I know him well enough to where he, he would respect my boundary. But my husband, he thinks, he said that he thought uh, I was interfering with their relationship. And so we just kind of had to agree to disagree. So what do you think? So Margie, how can we help you with this? Okay. I just want to, you know, see, I want to, I want your, as, as, you know, as counselors that I respect and, and everything that ask you if, um, if you agree with my boundary, because like I said, I felt it was healthy for me. I wasn't, I did, I, I was, I, and I explained to my husband, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to change how you interact with each other. Just When I, when I'm there, it's just a boundary. So this,
2: this is what I think, Margie. I think you got hurt. And Uh when we're hurt, boundaries are really about how can I get safe instead of how can I control somebody else's behavior. So quickly, Uh I think your idea to say don't put each other down when I'm around is going to create kind of a weirdness with them because they've always done that. That's just kind of their man tribe thing, right? But Uh if you went to it and said, hey, I didn't realize how much pain I still had around the drinking years. And when you shared that, my heart felt tremendous pain. I felt hurt. It kind of brought that pain back up. If mm-hmm. you guys wanna talk about like you know smack on each other like you do the one up one down man guy when you're around, and even when you're around me, that's okay. All I'm asking is that you just the drinking part is can that be an area that yeah. you're sensitive, just that one area because that that mm-hmm. does bring up pain for me. Would that be okay with you so you're yeah. you're isolating it to mm-hmm. the one area instead of trying to control their one up one down man tribe thing does that make yeah. sense
7: yeah i yes it does and, and and actually i i tried to do that it would probably be better um would have been better in person but yeah uh, we kept playing phone calls. so i left them a message and i did say that because of the drinking days uh i said i got i can't remember exact words but i did i remember i used the word triggered it, it kind of triggered me back
2: into the yeah, yeah. but just and, isolate that know. one area instead of trying to control mm-hmm. how they banter with each other in your presence
7: well, and I
3: think in oh, that, yeah. and
2: Definitely I think
7: it, I agree because I don't, yeah, I don't do that. I mean, I, you know, they, cause they're always doing it. You know, we, we go to church, we're, we're all Christians. We go to church, we go out to yeah, dinner, we do all yeah. kinds of things well, and they're always doing it and yeah. I don't, and it, I don't, and I don't say anything. Yeah, Mar- I don't
3: like it, but I am not Margie, anything. really quickly, let me jump in here real quickly. Um, the strongest boundary is not what I'm going to ask you to do. The strongest boundary is me telling you what I'm going to do because I'm actually in control of that. So, hey, if if the banter gets, makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to exit stage right. You know, and it doesn't mean I'm mad or upset. It just means like, no, I'm, as Sherry said, i just got to get safe. i got to protect my heart here. And so it can be both and. If you can't respect the, my request, then I'm going to set a boundary. And the boundary is something I'm going to do.
1: That's so important, and I and I'm glad that Margie stood up for yourself. Yep, we're going to yep. send you a copy of Boundaries um, just to celebrate that. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Sherry, and hey, join us March 16th online with Chris, Dr. Jackie McHarris, and Steve for our Emotional Freedom Intensive. It could be the best day that you spend.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you'd take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing we're so glad that you're here.